0: Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it my way.
1: Welcome once again to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the general manager and owner of KWAM 770, God Country, Texas. And I'm sitting with my co host. And wonderful Dallas elder law attorney Michael R. Cohen. Hello,
2: Michael. Oh my goodness, you gave me a different initial again. I, I don't did? know. Um, of course, as you know, and yes. I know you you mess with me every week. <laughs> but um, what is the my? As you know, my middle initial is B, right? Uh, as in beautiful,
1: right? Uh, no. Uh,
2: <laughs> what does the R stand for?
1: Well, the R, it's interesting. Well, when you Google, yes, Michael B. Cohen, Dallas, elder lawyer, it'll come up immediately when you research Michael. But I didn't give you a different initial. Last week, it was also Michael R. Cohen for resuming, resurrecting, returning. Well, this week, Michael, the R stands for reviewing and revising, which is the theme of today's program is what we discussed before the show. So that's the connection, another four or five R-words to present to the audience. But today, um, especially in light of the pandemic and the coronavirus that people are still suffering from, uh, we want to discuss people's estate plans and, in particular, perhaps their wills, uh, and when people should be reviewing and revising those. And you have a lot of input on that,
2: Well, you know, I I think that, because there's a lot right now, because like you just said, during the pandemic, there's a lot more interest uh, in people doing, revising or renewing or doing a new estate plan, whether it will be a will or a trust. And I don't know that it seems seems like that maybe ever than ever before. Uh, I know when we uh, talked, oh, several weeks ago on one of the shows, Uh, The question was, oh my goodness, um, uh, how many different people uh, are doing new wills, even people who are younger, uh, because we see our mortality uh, right between our eyes, and a lot of people, even young children who are unfortunately passing or being adversely affected, at least in some way, by the pandemic. and and uh, and of course, our elderly are the biggest victims. Other than those who are in prison, I suppose, one of those cluster type places. So, it's you know top of mind every day. We get a uh, you know a list of how many people get um, have the disease, and uh, and how many people uh, are the virus, and how many people die. And so it's like front of front of mind for everybody. And uh, so now, um, I guess estate planning has become. Somewhat in vogue uh, that it was more than maybe than ever before, um, but then so then people start thinking, well, should first of all, if they didn't have any kind of estate planning, obviously they they think that they should now, or at least most people who think about it, if they care about their loved ones, then they usually do something. Um, the The second thing is though, or revising um, your existing plan. Uh, when, how, and how often should you do it? Um, that's a question that varies. Uh, the answer varies. That is uh, from you know person to person. Uh, obviously, you don't want, you hope that you do something and it's good forever? But you know, there's always changes, changes in life, changes in assets, changes in laws, changes in relationships. So, um, so when that question that uh, is asked how often should you revise your estate plan? <clears throat> the answer could vary. Um, you know, usually when we have somebody older, um, we actually say that you should meet with your estate planning attorney more frequently. Uh, we even have a maintenance plan for those who want it, uh, and it's usually those who the older we get, the, the ones who uh, are take advantage of that more often. Because as you get older, the more likely you'll be disabled. Just like uh, as we see that uh, on COVID-19, that those who are more, uh, a, a group that's more likely to be affected are those who are are older. Um, of course, there's others that could be affected too, people with diabetes, et cetera, uh, or people who are in a cluster-type place, like a prison, as we mentioned. But the the bottom line is, so the older we are, or if you were in a more suspect-type group, then, um, then, yes, you should probably look at your plans more often. And I say plans. It's not just a will. It could be, or a trust. It could be any of the documents that anybody should have, including powers of attorney, medical powers of attorney, living wills, etc. I think on last week's show, we even talked about taxes, how the laws changed. So it's, it's it's you know, things change all the time, and so then when those things happen, then there should be a review of your plan to see if it's what you wanted before. Um, so, so what would those, how often should you review a plan, I guess, would be the question. Um, if you're older, we say every year. Uh, if you're younger, it might be every three to five years, unless there's some, major event. So let's say it was the birth of a child. Do I need to advise my will or trust? Maybe. I think we talked about a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and I'm not sure. Uh, I know I written an article about Kobe Bryant. I said Kobe Bryant's planning was no slam dunk. Why? Because the, he had a trust that was, uh, became irrevocable upon his passing earlier this year. However, the he he had he had done he had revised the trust previously, but he didn't revise the trust after the birth of his youngest child. And what happened? He did not mention the youngest child in the trust, and he didn't say all children born to or adopted to Bobby, even after the will. So they had a great all this stuff regarding taxes, and great planning, and I'm sure it was done. Uh, all sorts of different ways to save on money, but he forgot one thing: he didn't revise the the trust after he had his youngest child. So he had to go back to court to modify the trust, even though it became irrevocable upon his passing, uh, to, to to prove to provide for the youngest child, which I'm sure that they will do. The hearing is should be actually coming up um, this coming week. And um, uh, the last week of May, so um, uh, you know, or this week, I guess you'd say, depending on where you want to look at it. Uh, the the bottom line is, is that uh, here it is, Kobe Bryant, this multimillionaire, even on his very complicated and great plan, forgot about his youngest child. Or let's say it was a let's say you had a birth of a grandchild you had a grandchild, does that mean that you change Say, Well, I didn't name my grandchild as a beneficiary, I didn't name my children, but maybe you said to my children, and if what happens when well, your children predecease you, and they and they have a child of their own, do you have a t- contingent trust for the benefit of that grandchild? I always tell stories about my wife's grand who always say that she died prematurely at 107 and a half. Uh, that uh, Two of her three children predeceased her, and one of her grandchildren even died before her. Well, if that child died, and you had a minor, can a minor, take, you know, be in charge of stuff? Do you want to have provide for their education? Maybe, probably. And the, the most case, in most cases, people say, "Well, if I, my child dies, their share goes to their children." So I don't penalize that grandchild because their parent died. You know, Some people say, well, it just goes to the surviving children of mine. Uh, but most people say, well, if a child dies, it goes to the children of my deceased child. But if it's deceased child's children or minors, you don't want to have to... Uh, you would want somebody that you want to be in charge of that trust. Would it be the parent of that child? What happens if they were divorced? Uh, Maybe not. Maybe you want one of your somebody else, maybe another child of yours to be in charge. Well, anyway, so you have to review uh, if there's a birth of a grandchild. What happens if somebody has become disabled? Have you provided for that? Are they on public benefits? Would they lose their public benefits if you have a spouse that has has beginnings of dementia? If you, and they, you thought that they didn't have long-term care insurance, do you want to provide that if you predecease them, that their share goes into trust? They can't handle things because they're disabled. Do you want to have it where it doesn't count for public benefits? If that person, you're taking care of your spouse and, but if you're around, not around, who's going to take care of them? Or her? Well, um, and can that spouse, that disabled spouse that has some sort of uh, mental incapacity, some sort of dementia, maybe Alzheimer's, whatever, uh, can they handle things? Maybe it's Parkinson's that's advanced. Um, and so can they take care of themselves? Do you want that person to get money directly, or should you have some sort of disability trust? And You don't want to avoid, you want to also avoid guardianship. Maybe that person who is has the beginnings of dementia needs to get their affairs in order. Maybe they need to do a trust. Maybe they want to protect their assets. Maybe they want to avoid probate. Maybe they want to to save assets for long term care costs that they didn't have because they can't get long term care insurance anymore. What about tax laws? You know what did we talk about last week? Uh, For those who didn't, I know that I listens to every show, but last week we talked about the SECURE Act and all the different things that we had to think about from a financial planning perspective because now the the distributions for a child, uh, let's say after a spouse, uh, has to be taken out generally within 11 years, 10 years after the year of death and resulting in a lot of the taxes occurring a lot quicker. So nowadays, uh, I know we've had several different conferences with people this week with clients this week and they said, well, we had done a trust for your child and thinking that they could stretch out that IRA over life expectancy. Do we is it more important the way that we're doing things to look at see or is it more important for asset protection? that's another thing that that gets into other issues so but so tax efficiency so if it the ira went to a trust that even if you could stretch it out for now that now only 10 or 11 years whereas you could uh, stretch it out over life expectancy with the law prior to 2020 uh now do we have to look at what is the income of the uh children what is the tax rate for the trust how much do we anticipate the growth to be of your IRA or 401K? What is How, do you, how are you going to be spending that money? Are you, what is your lifestyle? How is it invested? Is it So do we need to think about Should we be talking with your financial advisor as well? How much, and so now all of a sudden we have to start thinking, is the plan that we even did last year the type of plan that we would do this year? Because the amount that's held in your retirement account, we would have to look at that person's age. How much did we expect it to grow? And how much would the tax be? Because if, it, if the, the IRA goes to a contingent trust, then the tax rate on the trust after $12,950 uh, is a 37% tax rate. So now do we have to consider taxes? So then anybody who has a larger IRA, now it's not just for your IRA now. you got to figure that usually, even though we're in a pandemic, that things can grow, so how then? You have to say, "Well, what's that person's life expectancy? What do we expect it to grow to uh, during that time?" And so, so, so now that means any plans that we even did last year, if somebody has an IRA with a contingent trust as a beneficiary, when I say contingent trust. A lot of times, people have either a standalone trust or a trust within a will or a trust within a trust where they can accept an IRA and prior to January 1st you could have stretched it out over life expectancy but now the tax laws change where the government gets their tax dollars quicker as that is the reasons why we establish the trust asset protection for the let's say children Um, when I say asset protection for children a lot of times, instead of having things go outright to a child, we have things go to them in a trust. Mm-hmm. If you have things go into an irrevocable trust, then, uh, then it gives protection for the child from lawsuits, bad marriages, and spouses remarrying. In other words, I give something to my child outright, whether it be an IRA. Or if there name is a beneficiary, or if it was a, um, or if it was stocks. If I give it to them outright, they could do with the money whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And you might say that sounds fine, but and maybe that child is happily married. But maybe there, maybe things go south, and by the time you die, that the marriage, you know, more than fifty percent of the marriages uh, end in divorce. And then the other problem is that on those who do get divorced uh um, more than sixty percent of those surviving spouses or even if that person dies, not only surviving spouses, but even if somebody was you know always married uh the and they were just widowed uh the sixty percent of those people, whether it was ending in divorce or just widows, end up remarrying well, if that happens money that you have given if they if your child gave everything to their spouse or if you're married and you were widow gives everything to gets remarried will they give the money to the people that you intend so let's say use the example of your child if you give it to the child they may give and let's say your child is whether they're younger or not they give everything to their spouse and that that no good son-in-law or daughter-in-law might re- get remarried and give all the money to another family that we don't even know about right now. They could give every, or maybe they don't. Even if they had the best of intentions to take care of your grandchildren, they could be. Um, they may have a duty to support the new family because that that new spouse has a health issue. Right. Or maybe there's, God forbid, there's bad things that could occur.
1: There are endless maybes. There are endless, endless maybes, and um, you know it, it, this was all the case. This hasn't changed because of the coronavirus. Uh, this was all in place forever. It's not like this has just happened in the last five or ten years or ten or twenty years. It's always been this way. It's just how you strategically attack it. And Michael's ways and means are expert, and in my mind, I'm superior to so many others and it is why you should be attending Michael's next workshop, which is next week. Um, The timing is excellent because it's Thursday afternoon at 1 o'clock, and um, it would be excellent also in the sense that you may not uh, be able to attend after this Thursday because many of you are going to go back to work. So it might be your last chance to catch one of Michael's workshops during the week online. And basically it's a video conferencing workshop, meaning it's a virtual workshop where you can watch it and be a part of it from the comfort of your own home. So Michael, can you elaborate on that for them?
2: Yes, so the next workshop is on Thursday, May 28th at one o'clock. What we do at the workshop is we ask people what you want to know. So we had one um, just on May 16th, and on May 16th, People just ask what they want to know, and for a couple hours we just answer the questions that were important to you or to them. Uh, and obviously you might see something that's important to you as well. Uh, and, and, and so to make sure that their time was well spent, it's free. No obligations. You're just calling from your, or talking on, um, you know, from your own comfort of your own home, like you said. And for those people who do go to the, Two hour free estate planning essentials workshop where you can ask any questions, whether it's beyond general estate planning, wills, trust, powers of attorney, uh, or if it's public benefits, we talked about just a minute ago, Medicaid, veterans benefits. Uh, we just had, you know, here we have Memorial Day, and I hope all have a, a good Memorial Day, and we remember our, our veterans. that in any event, um, the, uh, and we recently had Armed Forces Day just, uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, the bottom line is we just say whatever it is that you want to know. We just talked about taxes. It could be a tax issue uh, regarding estate planning that some people ask about. Uh, but it, or it could be about COVID-19 and the legislation that affected that. You know, we, talked about, uh, we actually did adjust to some documents like a little bit to make it easier for doctors to talk to uh, people if they can't go to the hospital. Did we have that last year? No. We just tried to make it uh, just easier, even having email addresses where people can have access on, on HIPAAs and saying that, yes, you could talk to your personal representative even if I'm not at the hospital. So there's different things that you could do, and all you have to do to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is call 214-720-0102. That's 214 214- 720 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And if you do go to that free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, and only if you go to that free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, then we also give a free vision meeting, which means you get a free hour meeting with me, to, which it could be done, it's done by phone or by virtual means, whatever way you want to do it, uh, where we could address your specific issues if they were not addressed in the workshop, and it's without charge. And uh, again, uh, so it's in other words, you get three free hours. Uh, that's easy for me to say. Uh, don't ask me to repeat that 10 times uh, of uh, state planning information for you without any obligation. Very good. So, that's right. Thursday, May the 28th at oh, one man. o'clock. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com,
1: DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214 Michael, we've got about four minutes left. Um, you brought to mind a thousand things. Of course, um, the key is for no one um, to just base their decisions on the, the, the long-term past, but also reconsider having your state plan reviewed and revised um, based on what's just happened in the last two months whether things have evolved or devolved with family members and friends or financially for you alone there are thousands of reasons why you have to take another look at what your plans were to make certain they're current with uh, new laws that are occurring in the state of Texas or Oklahoma uh, or federal laws that are going into place and perhaps how what Michael sees the future um, to be. He doesn't have a crystal ball. None of us do, but um, we're hearing footsteps and we believe that um, things are going to get very difficult down the road because someone's going to have to pay for this. It's really going to be you and me and Michael and producer Jennifer and everybody else are going to have to pay uh, because you can't just print money. Uh, It's not free. And the only way to really pay for it is to probably raise taxes and reduce spending. And I doubt the spending reduction is going to happen, so we're all going to have to pay in taxes down the road, and if we don't, our children will. So have your um, your will, your estate plan reviewed by Michael, and the first step is to attend his next workshop next Thursday, May 28th at 1 o'clock. Michael, we've only got a couple minutes left. My father is an attorney. My father has been one for 60 years now, and um, one of the things he has learned and he's tried to teach us by example, or even said in meetings, is to challenge the assumptions, and, and that is my fear, that a lot of our listeners and perhaps your potential existing clients are assuming too many things, for example, that they can just ascertain the information they need by going online, when in fact you
2: and I know that's not the case. Now, I mean, I was even reading a Wall Street Journal article today, and I saw a financial advisor... Saying oh about beneficiary designations, we could accomplish a lot of things with by just having beneficiary designations. Well, that's true, but it fails to address the other issues about you know some of the things that we talked about. Does the person need asset protection? Are they a spendthrift? Are they a druggie? Are they um, uh, having a potential marital issue? Will their spouse get remarried? Uh, will they be sued? You know all sorts. Of, you know. Just, it, it could be so many different things, yes. and just thinking, and, and the world of most people thinks of how do things pass when I die, but in my world, it's not just, that's not, that's the simple part. The the bad thing is we have to think of what's the person and what's the condition of the person going to be when you die, and we don't know when that's going to be. Uh, I always I ask the people at a workshop, a lot of times I'll ask, uh, how many of you all know who your heirs are? And you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I know who my heirs are. I said, well, now we do the two finger test. If you put your two fingers on your wrist, if you have a pulse, you don't know who your heirs are because you haven't died yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, until, so 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 there, so basically, you want to have um, you, you want to have more certainty as opposed to what leaving things up to destiny. So do you want to have a plan that is more protective the way you want? It's up to you. And when the, whether it's the coronavirus or tax laws or anything else or some other major event that's happened uh, during lifetime, whether it be birth or marriage or divorce or death or dementia or something like that, you need to have a plan that thinks about all those different types of things if you want to have planning for certainty rather than leaving it up to destiny.
1: Excellent. Very good. Good way to finish the program. And the next step is to attend Michael's next workshop, which is next Thursday, May the 28th at 1 o'clock. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102-214-720-0102. And Michael and I, for certain, salute our veterans. We salute the people on the front lines fighting this pandemic whether it's in New York City or Dallas, Texas. It doesn't really matter where they are. Our hearts go out to them. They're in our prayers. And uh, we honor them uh, this next week, especially for all that they've sacrificed for us. All right, Michael, you have a good week, and uh, we look forward to that workshop on Thursday. We'll talk to you again soon. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don.